everybody! We are live and so, so excited. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode, if not now, when? Today, oh my God, my friend, I am just so excited. But a special guest I'm about to introduce. Her name is Dina Makawi. Ta-da! Dina is a speaker. She's an impact strategist. She's a consultant for the private family offices. She today is involved in the business development for high network individuals, and she also is a partner of the royal family in the UAE. Dina serves as a bridge for multinational business in the United States, as well as the MENA region. Dina is focusing on impact investing because she believes in power of human capital. Well, with all that, she also is a founder for Style and Resilience, a marketing and consulting firm that provides services for brand high-profile individuals, nonprofits, family offices, and so many more. She's also the co-founder for the Thunder Pixel Games. Oh my goodness, what a fascinating life journey. Without everybody, I'm just so, so, so excited and so, so honored. Thank you so much, Gina, for joining us. And welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Yes. Dina, your life story is so interesting. So tell us, how is the journey begin? Yes. I, again, I just want to thank you for holding this space. Um, so my journey began as a person navigating their way in trying to figure out their identity. Uh, as a first-generation Arab American in New York, mm-hmm. um, you know, as many people, I've struggled with the question of who am I really. Um, you know, as a first generation, we inherit a lot of the values that our immigrant families, um, you know, uh, instill in us from a young age. But then you grow up as, you know, a first generation in in America, you start seeing others navigating in a different way. And mm-hmm. for me personally, a lot of the insecurities, a lot of the um, insecurities and uh, questions that I had towards who am I really, uh, a lot of it was stemmed from a lot of the stereotypes that existed, but then also the lack of representation um, and the narratives that I saw, you know, when I when I used to flip mag- my favorite magazines or when I used to see, you know, my favorite shows on TV, you know, whether it's Access Hollywood or one of those, you know, celebrity shows. So for me, I understood the importance of media consumption at a young age and how important it is to really include diverse individuals. And, you know, I never knew my purpose in life. I graduated college. I was trying to find a regular job. And, you know, in college, they don't really teach you the opportunities of entrepreneurship. I mean, I come from a entrepreneurship family, you could say, but they also built their way up from nothing when they came to America. So I had that, you know, it was familiar to me, but the school system in general, it, it didn't really prepare me for entrepreneurship. And so I graduated, I was getting rejected a lot. I was just trying to figure out why. And, and so, you know, I had a mentor for six months after I graduated, I was just so depressed and had no idea what I wanted to do. I was just trying to get a 
regular job like they tell you a nine to five and and I had a mentor that helped me I was just self-reflecting a lot and he told me everything that I already knew about myself but he did it in a way where he crafted my purpose honestly and I didn't think that people would care about my story and it was just once he allowed he he helped me I I chose to go to Pace University uh, to get my master's in digital publishing and I wanted to work at a magazine I was working at Oprah magazine but once I figured out that that topic essay was my entry essay for Pace University, I was accepted. Um, then I went to run for Miss Arab USA as a contestant in 2013. Then that's when everything, I started attracting everything to my life. Like once I figured my purpose was to really empower, but also inspire others that may feel like they weren't represented in, in their narrative in, in mainstream media. I started attracting a lot of the opportunities. Um, you know, that was when I was given the chance to represent an organization at the United Nations. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, that's how I started. <laughs> In short. So what is your purpose and why is that important to you? My purpose is really to allow, to give space to those who may feel like there isn't a space for them and mm-hmm. to allow others to be seen and to be heard and to really use my resources um, that I've cultivated throughout the years mm-hmm. to inspire and, and in, uh, to inspire others. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. for me, I started my company, Silent Resilience, on that basis of if I wanted to see the right representation of Arab Americans or even something, a project that I would have been inspired by, I knew that I had to be at the forefront of that. I don't want to say I represent the underrepresented, but I also want to create that space for mm-hmm. those who may feel like they're underrepresented or they don't have any direction in life. So for me, it's really that it's to create impact while also allowing others to be seen and heard. And that's how you start your business, right? Yeah. And I want to ask you on that is, do you always knew you want to start your business? And at that time, you were still relatively, you said that you were a little bit not as experienced at that moment. How do you know that's what you want? And how do you go about that? Wasn't that scary thinking about going to start a business? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's funny. When I was young, I my parents would ask me, I think I was maybe like 13, 14, when they would ask me, they would ask me, I mean, first of all, I've always been into fashion and self-expression, you know, very stylish mm. people would say. And and so I knew that there had to be a way to merge those two, the creative space and the impact space. Mm. And when they would ask me what I wanted to do, honestly, my answer would be, I want to sit in an office with a great view in Manhattan and raise my hand and tell people if I agree or not don't ask <laughs> and now i interpret that as being a boss <laughs> like, there you go. i swear if like i remember clearly my parents would ask me and that would be my answer like i wanted to dress nice in a power suit and sit at the table and make decisions but when i was 13 14 my answer would be like sitting in a fancy office and just agreeing or disagreeing <laughs> Were you ever afraid, Dina? I feel like you do a lot of things. You've done a lot of impossible. You always just go for it. Were you ever afraid? Or you just always assert who you are and when you decide, you just go after what you want? 
no, I was definitely afraid. I had no idea like six years ago, my company, but for like two, three years, I was always like, well, maybe this should be a nonprofit. Well, maybe you should be a media platform. Like it's always mm-hmm. a risk and it's always that uncertainty. But um, yeah, I honestly, for me, it was, it was scary for sure. Cause I think for one of the traits of entrepreneurship is really having that persistence, like that annoying persistence. And that's honestly <laughs> what I had, <laughs> like that resilience, but also that resistance, um, persistence, you know, being able to allow others to slam the door in your face and tell you no and tell you they're too busy. And okay. And that always was a driving factor for me. It was, I swear, every time, and I used to, take a personal but now I never do but at the time when people would you know say well you know no or I don't think it's a great idea it would be such a driving um force of uh motivation for me I would be like okay watch in a few years watch this watch that and honestly a lot of them some of them the same ones that would you know doubt me were the ones that would reach out later and want to be part of what I was doing or be you know involved and work with me in some capacity so i'm curious where does that drive come from you said every time he would say no to you that become your new motivation you were like watch me let's you know let's i will yeah. show you right how where does that come from do you always like that honestly for me my motivation is my family because mm-hmm. they i saw how much uh they have to go through it was, it's a dry, like, there's just no excuse for us. You know what I mean? Um, as immigrants to this country with nothing to their name, um, for them to do what they've done, you know, I think for me, it's really making them proud. Um, and really being able to say like, okay, it was worth leaving their family for, you know? That's so beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. I think oftentimes it's easy to take things for granted, but you really see the path that our parents take and, you know, who we are becoming today as a result. I think it's so easy to start realizing, wow, life is really short. We want to make them laugh. So beautiful. And, you know, today, of course, you know, you are just so success, successful with many things that you do. It's, you know, multi-passion entrepreneur for sure. I want to ask you, um, you know, today we talk about success so much, but I'm curious about uh, failure. I'm curious, do you ever fail? And when you do, how did you move forward? Because part of entrepreneurship is, like you said earlier, you had to get over those no until you get a yeses, right? So how do you handle that and move forward? Yeah, you know, there are days, you know, where I would question, like, if, if what I'm doing is worth it, am I doing it right? Should I just Should I just go the easy route and just you know, uh, do something that's more, less risky. So there has been, obviously, like, it's, it's, it's a lot of, uh, again, you have to have a lot of strength and resilience. But for me, it's, it's really pushing myself. And there were just so many times where I would have meetings with top CEOs that would want me to work with them under their umbrella and they see so much value in what I bring. Mm-hmm. And so I sometimes step back and say, am I, am I afraid myself? You know what I mean? Like, like, I know what I bring to the table, but sometimes I'm the one that's holding myself back. 
I'm the one that's mm-hmm. questioning, am I good enough? Am I able to, am I, when the same people that I once saw as a competition or, you know, things that, you know, stuff like that. I, it's just, I think sometimes we get in our own way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. part of the the formula is really being able to get out of your own way. And I don't want to keep repeating because the imposter syndrome is such a overused word lately, but I really think we sometimes get in our own way, but being able to understand and pivot is really key. Being able to really pivot and being, being mm-hmm. okay with failure and not being able to figure things out at times and being able to just take time for yourself and reflect. And, mm-hmm. and um, so that's really, yeah. And I, I love what you just touched about that self-doubt. And oftentimes, yeah, our, our own um, question, own security oftentimes is the biggest obstacle. Like even though everyone else sees us in you know, such a creative, such incredible entrepreneurs, but deep down, you know, those voices oftentimes will come up, especially when we early in the entrepreneur journey. So how do you get over that? How do you say, you know what? Damn, I got this. Right, how do you move forward? How do you shift your mindset? How do you move from that state of questioning and really step into your power? Because I know, Dina, one thing I love, I adore about your story when I heard, when I first talked to you is how you really embody yourself you know, around this whole journey and become a self-confidence and radiance business woman. And you have a long journey home. So I'm just curious if you can share you know, a couple insights and tips with others. Honestly, I had a lot of amazing individuals and still do a uh, support team, whether it's my co-founder slash mentor, mm-hmm. people who really remind me that, you know, why I started and remind me how badass I am. I'm like, you know, like just very, like there would just be some days where I just call and just call them and just, cry and complain and I give myself like a few minutes and then I'll just remind myself like you know honestly sometimes I just I this might sound crazy but sometimes I just go through what I've done like I'll skim through my website or my Instagram and I'm just like wow do you remember you did that like you know what I mean like I have to remind myself because as much as people say like wow you've done amazing things I think I hear this from a lot of successful people too Mm-hmm. it's the same individuals that would be like oh thanks but eh, it's all right I still want to do more you know what I mean <laughs> like yes. so like I feel like sometimes we don't you know it's good because you can you always strive for greatness if you're comfortable then mm-hmm. that's dangerous you know so I think the key is to continue to be proud of yourself but always wanting to better mm-hmm. yourself I heard another expression that be happy with who you are where you are but never satisfied so be happy yet continue to strive for better. I think it's such a beautiful way that you just demonstrated because I think oftentimes entrepreneurs, you know, almost a synonym of high achiever, overachiever. And being overachiever, right, um, really it comes with that personality, just one more. And therefore it's hard to really, really sitting and feeling that, damn, I am amazing, right? You say, oh, I'm yeah. good, I'm good. Okay, I'm good. I'm going to move forward, right? So I think having that balance is so important. I just love that, you know, your journey, your becoming, your dream of becoming who you are today is just really inspiring. And now I want to pivot our conversation into a little bit entrepreneurship, right? So you start your business six, seven years ago. How is it coming? How is the process? When you started your business, 
Is that everything you wanted it? So yeah, like I, I kind of mentioned before when I started it, I actually didn't really. It was actually, I think it was fourteen or two thousand fifteen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, like I knew I wanted to start something, so I, I started mm-hmm. my website. Um, then I filed for my LLC, and I just went for it. I swear, it was just kind of like <laughs> okay. And then when I did all that, I'm just like, okay, what now? <laughs> Um, then I started networking. I started researching what mm-hmm. other companies are out there doing this. What is so different about me? What am I going to do differently? How am I going to stand out? So a lot of like, first I was like, okay, it could be a media platform. Okay. Then no, maybe a nonprofit, but no, I wanted to be a for-profit since I'm already working with the UN, you know, uh, representing an organization there. So like, it it was a lot of um it was a lot of uh question marks basically mm-hmm. i didn't really i had a desire i knew i had a passion for ideas i knew i had a passion for you know representation i just didn't know exactly how to pick the puzzles together you know mm-hmm. and the more i was at the un um and we still have a partnership with them for like 8 years now the more I was at the UN, the more I met amazing individuals. I've had opportunities to co-chair several youth committees. I've brought, you know, a lot of creative projects to the UN as well. And, you know, I, I continue to build and cultivate relationships outside of the UN too with celebrities, personal relationships too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was that person, even at Oprah Magazine, I was like, if I was to bump into Oprah right now, oh my God, I have to sell her something. I have to have an idea. So like I was that person and that mindset is very wrong. And I later realized that the key sometimes is A, being yourself, like generally just being yourself and telling your quick pitch elevator story. But then also building a relationship is so key. Mm-hmm. Building a relationship, whether it's transactional or not, it's so, so key. And I remember my mentor when I met a specific celebrity and now he's a good friend of mine, um, he's his, my, one of my mentors, he actually was telling me, um, you're, you're not going to actually make the money from the celebrity. You're going to make the money from the celebrities that want to get to that celebrity. Because I would always be like, Oh my God, this celebrity, how do I make money? How do I do a deal with them? And I'm not saying it's not possible, but the one of my mentors and I'll never forget it. He's like, you're not going to, exactly think in that way think of it like you're going to make the money from people who want to get to him so that's why i learned the key of relationships and that's why they say your network is your net worth it really started making sense and it's not just about connecting the dots of you know a lot of people are accessible you know even celebrities but i think the key is like they trust me i've built relationships where they will be they're able to now trust me um whether it's a friendship level or a professional level and it's that's one of the most valuable things i think is key is relationships wow that's so incredible and of course today you are master of relationship building um what do you think that made you so different and special you know yeah i mean i feel like honestly speaking and i don't want to be very like uh you know kind of the cliche but just be authentic be genuine I remember I used to try so hard when I would meet like Malala at the UN. I would just get so nervous. 
Yeah. And I'm like, I love her. Sorry. No, it's okay. And then I would come home and then I would be like regretful that I didn't say something. I don't know. I would always get into my head. Like you have to be this perfect, you have to have this pitch and you have to have, you know, this perfect story to tell them when it's just literally sometimes you just be yourself. You know what I mean? Like don't be too aggressive in wanting to take pictures. Just have a conversation, ask them a question that you typically won't ask. And I think for me, it's just a lot of the repetitive things and the feedback I've been getting is that people read energy and I'm a big energy person too. So for me, it's, I think it's probably my authenticity and my energy Mm -hmm. to just want to connect with like genuine people. And I don't claim to know everything. And that's the one thing I think maybe it's, people appreciate like I don't claim to know everything but I could probably guarantee that if I don't know something I could get on the phone with somebody who does know the answers or has mm-hmm. lead to that mm-hmm. request so I think that's the key is really be authentic mm-hmm. that's so beautiful and I you know I heard Tony Robbins often said you know being an entrepreneur is not means you have all the resources and yeah. means you are being resourceful if you don't know anything pick out a phone you know you can google you can youtube today all the information yeah. are available and you having that mindset of i can figure it out i think that is everything mm-hmm. absolutely amazing um so sounds like the six years you know business venture for you Dina is really like a trial and error and really figured out where pieces come together and eventually you find your path right combining with creative space and impact space is Mm -hmm. it what it is today well yeah it's that's where it is today I well at the beginning I started you know I thought I thought I wanted to solely focus on PR but then mm-hmm. I noticed that my strength is strategy and partnerships. Um, so we did a lot. We, we started doing a lot more partnerships. We started doing a lot more strategic private mm-hmm. partnerships. And then the last few years, it really has become uh, a strategy firm too, uh, consulting mm-hmm. with family offices and investors and really working with partners, um, You know, whether it's companies mm-hmm. that want to expand in the Middle East or um, mm-hmm. build strategic partnerships in Dubai or the Middle East or a private royal family office. It, so it really, it ha- my, my, my mission hasn't really changed because mm-hmm. people still come to me specifically for the impact portion of investments too, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's where to invest in the impact space, whether it's which projects are out there and people are trusting me because I have that UN uh, resource and experience and accessibility. So the 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 main mission hasn't really changed, but I think we pivoted because we saw what the clients are looking for and what they're coming for us more mm-hmm. towards, you know. So why impasse specifically are important to you, Dina? Uh, because I feel like it's it's organic. Like I think for me, I know what my skill set is. I bring people together, forge relationships, and then you start reading statistics about the lack of funding to like for example women in general from dcs and then you mm-hmm. start seeing the lack of funding specifically to the middle east middle eastern women i think it was mm-hmm. a study that said like billions of dollars in 2019 and only two percent for middle eastern women and for me i whenever i see a problem or an issue and if i could fill that gap with the resources I have and what I'm already doing on a smaller scale, it makes me think 
it of it more of like a challenge like okay i'm able to influence people bring people to the table have the resources there is clearly like a disparity gap with that where the allocation of capital is going i'm not going to say i'm solving all the problems but at least be able to be that resource and how do we how do we use that capital for something that could create change you know Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, can you tell me how does that look like when you meet Malala and UN? I want to hear about it. I <laughs> love her. I love Malala much. I donate everything I make, ten percent. I love, love, love her and her mission. How does that? Yeah, work? amazing. I was honestly well young, but like this was like seven seven years ago. This was my maybe like one of my first experiences to the UN. Like, okay, it was like a very high level meeting. And I feel like I was, oh my God, I was just so, it was so different. My approach back then, I was so like, why am I here? Do I deserve to be here? What am I going to say to her? Like literally Malala, it was like, I was right here and she was like, maybe like a few inches away from me and obviously security, but like I could have easily went to speak to her. And I think I did actually, but I, I think I only said like, it's so great meeting you. You're so inspiring. And I think it's respectful because, you know, again, I'm not mm-hmm. the kind of person to like want to take up so much time. But then I also met individuals that work for her nonprofit and we explored areas of partnership, but she's just mm-hmm. such an, just such a humble girl, you know, such a, oh. and her father too. He's just amazingly mm-hmm. like supportive of everything she's doing and her story mm-hmm. and how she's uplifting more girls um, for education. It's yeah. it's amazing. Amazing, it yeah. just made my heart swell to think about, you know, her and her father, her legacy, and yeah. continue to empower um, young girls' education in that part of the world. It's just so beautiful. And, yeah. you know, Dina, today you are, you know, such a heart-centered businesswoman, right? You are not only, you know, really, like today I think you know your strengths, you know how to play, you know how to really see yourself, you know, as part of this big universe and really making impact, leveraging what you know and really what you also enjoy too. And I'm curious, what are the future you want to build? Like what is the one day that vision that you wanted to seek? For the world or for my, like for what I'm The world and yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing. For me, it's always about how can I contribute and help others? So whatever I'm Mm -hmm. doing and building, it's usually, um, you know, the vision is really focused on a greater purpose. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, again, like I, for me, it's really to grow my company into like a large powerhouse that people Mm -hmm. can see and go to for anything related to impact, diversity, inclusion, working with large corporations globally. Like we've been able to extend in, you know, Dubai, do a lot of more business in the UAE, Dubai, but, really become this powerhouse of everything impact everything diversity and inclusion um bringing the investors um and bringing projects and being able to really give opportunity to entrepreneurs that are looking for capital and just really become this powerhouse of different sectors Mm -hmm. and areas you know like um you know i think we'll get there but being able to really build on that through partnerships through um Mm -hmm through more strategic partnerships and, and really be able to influence these big brands and, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, on a large global scale. So 
And I know today you are so um, passionate about impact investing specifically. So I'm curious with that in mind, what kind of future you wanted to build? What kind of impact you want to have in the world? There's just so many different ways that impact investing can you know, change lives. Um, mm. Like for example, this is a little bit, uh, not really random, but there's a med tech um, project that uh, I might be on an advisory board for. I might mm. be introducing them to some family offices for investments, but they're basically um, using technology to uh, co- uh, to combat cancer and kind of like a dialysis for cancer uh, to mm. you know to provide more in- invasive uh, technology for cancer cells. Not to get into detail, but you know things like that. If I could be that source to really um, bring capital to them, but also later on, obviously they would want to expand globally and be able to really mm. uh, become a key. A uh, resource for them on that scale. That's a one. That's one of the ways. Um, renewable energy. One of the funds they're looking mm. to build like stadiums uh, through renewable energy and finance mm. them. And you know, a lot of some of my partners they have interesting projects that they're looking at. And I think really being able to create a world <laughs> where you're able to bring your resources and your ideas. Um, mm-hmm. together for a greater purpose is, is key. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that future. I love that vision. I think we've already <laughs> seen that. And I really, of course, love what you do. And in all year, Dina, you touched base on, um, you know, today, um, the investing, the capital, limited of that resources going to female or Arab female entrepreneurs, right? I'm curious, you know, any advice, any suggestions that you have for anyone who's watching, who's listening today, who maybe want to start something today or tomorrow, right? You see a lot of startups working in many, many businesses. What advice, what suggestion you will share with her? I mean, it really depends, but just like an overall, um, like if she's, if they're looking to start a company, um, you know, choose the right founders and co-founders. They're going to be key long-term. Mm-hmm. Uh, choose the right mentors. Um, mm-hmm. Be strategic in who you work with, even the investors, because they'll probably mm-hmm. be very heavily involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and make sure they're also passionate about your vision and not just putting dollars in your company, because that's also like a mm-hmm. very in- like a strategic uh, thing that people probably sometimes overlooked. Um, and then the capital aspect is, yeah, really be able to, um, you know, I think if we're looking for more female led entrepreneurs or capital, we need to be able to create a place or a platform. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I've created it. I just, for now, like I, with partnerships, you know, I think it will be more, available for others to really know um, mm-hmm. that we're doing this. And then through our partners, like we've had a conversation last week with um, a VC studio that works with entrepreneurs, even in the developing stages before they even have a, the actual mm. proof of concept and they invest in the entrepreneurs. So again, like par- we're, we're looking to partner with them to really allow more entrepreneurs and access to funding. And um, mm-hmm. he's also Egyptian. So just being able to really, connect with individuals who are mm-hmm. uh, creating those opportunities um, 
for others and entrepreneurs and startups. I love that. Um, my last question for you, Tina, is uh, you said that today you are the first generation of um, American, right? I wonder what does American dream mean for you? Uh, the American dream. The American dream is um, being able to uh, freely access uh, the opportunities that you desire and um, but then also uh, creating a world that's um, equitable and equally, um, you know, providing space for uh, opportunities for men and women, girls and boys. So, um, you know, being able to combine um, purpose and wealth and legacy. I think that's probably the American dream. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> well, Purpose and legacy <laughs> is so beautiful. That is the moment we drop the mic. And oh my God, thank you so much, Dina. Your presence you. story is so inspiring. And I really, really want to honor your time and share those beautiful insights with all of us. And I enjoy it so, so much. And thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in live or listening afterwards. We really, really appreciate you. I hope you enjoy today's show as much as I do. And I cannot wait to see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Thank you.